0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: You couldn't drive a car, let's say, on a Sunday because they don't want to destroy the work week. Think about that. What would that mean? So difficult days are ahead, and there are many Christians who are going to have to choose between serving two masters. There are many churches that are going to have to decide whether or not to stay open or whether to let their people watch church on TV, which is not the same as coming together to worship in person. I can
0: see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in
1: the end. Your love is my battle cry, the anthem for all my life.
0: Oftentimes, Christians and Christian churches seek to take their cues from the world as they try to be relevant to the culture rather than faithful to God, and they often lose sight of what's truly important. Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast, And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we continue with our series covering the pastoral epistles. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, as we hear part one of a message that Pastor Keith has entitled, Spiritual Self-Discipline. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: Father, we thank you. We thank you for the joys that you give us, that we can come here together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and worship you. And Father, we thank you for the technology that enables some who need to, to worship online. And we thank you, Father, while we still enjoy the freedom to worship here in this meeting house as God's church. We ask today that you use your word to reveal your will to us and to guide and direct our steps in the difficult days ahead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message is entitled Spiritual Self-Discipline. Hanging in when times are tough. This is uh, the second message in that mini-series, within that larger series of Church Matters, because these are very real matters to the church And because church matters to God, it matters to us. And the challenges that we face today are becoming very uh, quickly unparalleled. We often think of North Korea as a place where owning a Bible can get you killed. And yet, I remember listening to a sermon uh, last week, and one of the illustrations had to do with uh, North Koreans gathering in uh, like a forest, a clump of trees, Just long enough to sing a hymn and just to be together. You think about that uh, with the terrible medical care that they have in North Korea. And, and, you know, they have the pandemic too. But think about it in terms of this. Regardless of the pandemic, if they were caught gathering together, they would have been shot. Their families, up to three generations, children, grandchildren, parents, grandparents, would have been imprisoned for life in a concentration camp. Now we think, boy, that'll never happen here. And nothing happens overnight. Sometimes we're like a frog in the proverbial kettle where the heat is gradually turned up ever so slowly until without realizing it, this has become the new normal and we've been cooked or boiled alive. Let me give you some examples of around the world. We we typically don't think of the Western world of, you know, European or North American countries or whatever you want to call it, South American countries, we don't think of them as uh, a threat of of persecution like happens in some places. But let me tell you about uh, some challenges that we're facing. We often hear about persecution in China or North Korea. But let me tell you about Pastor James Coates. Pastor James Coates is in prison right now in Canada. He's isolated. He's in a manner of speaking, in solitary confinement, partly because of the pandemic, because they've locked him up and he's going to have to sit for two weeks in a cell by himself, and then eventually face a trial and uh, maybe further imprisonment. What, What was his crime? His church was gathering together to worship in Edmonton, Canada. Now, similar to us, they have, you know, a bureaucratic mechanism there, and they said you can only have 15% of your people meet. But after months of not meeting, they, you know, they live-streamed like we do. They began to meet in small numbers, but the people needed to be together. People were hurting. People were suffering. And so they decided they would try to obey the spirit of the law, like we've done here, but they would be unable to keep the letter of the law, because obviously as Christians we answer to a higher authority than governments particularly governments in this country that have been violating our constitutional rights under the law. And so they began to meet. And so naturally somebody turned them in. And then uh, one thing led to another and they sent health inspectors and eventually police. And eventually the Royal Canadian Mounted Police showed up, not on horses, and cars and stuff. That's like their FBI. And so they basically told them, you're going to be arrested You're going to be arrested this Tuesday. Just stop meeting. But he couldn't do that. And so the following Tuesday, rather than have them drive out to his church and get him at the office or at home, he drove to the police station. They arrested him, offered to let him go, but he promised not to preach like that anymore, not to preach to people in person like they've been doing. And they were taking many, many precautions and trying to cooperate. He said he couldn't do that, it would violate his conscience. So he's in jail. Now, this isn't new in Canada because you can go to jail for different types of hate speech, which some would classify as Christian speech. And so, this is the world we're living in. The heat is being turned up. Some people, particularly, you know, if you were born after 1995, you don't remember how things used to be. And some of what you see today in the culture seems normal to you, but it's not. Let's go across the pond to Scotland. What's new in Scotland? Well, in Scotland... They're in the process of passing a law. This is the author and the uh, uh, promoter of that law. That if you engage in hate speech inside the walls of your own home, you can be prosecuted. If you say anything that goes against what they deem the culture, is it culturally acceptable? Maybe you could read Romans 1, eighteen to 32 aloud, out loud, you know then they want to be able to prosecute you. If you use the wrong pronouns in your home, then they want to prosecute you in your own home. Think about that. And, you know, uh, it's funny because people say, oh, that's hysterical, that's just hysteria, or Pastor James Coates was a self-promoter. Go to the Allie Beth Stuckey podcast. She interviews his wife. Listen to what they have to say. They're very reasonable, humble people. And it's not hysteria to worry about these types of intrusive laws, which brings us to our own country. And we talked a little bit about this last week, didn't we? There's a new law coming, the Equality Act. It, it, it was passed by Congress nine months ago, but the Senate, and of course, the President refused to, would refuse to sign it, and the Senate killed it. But this time, the Equality Act is coming. Uh, it's cleared the House. The Senate has promised to vote on it quickly. The President promised, as a campaign plank, to sign it, and it will turn up the heat on our church. And you no, know, overnight we won't face firing squads or things like that. But what's going to happen is our rights, our our ability to worship, these things are going to be eroded and eliminated, and we as Christians are going to feel like Christians abroad feel today persecuted. And we're already getting used to being restricted now. Just think of all the COVID, all the arbitrary COVID restrictions that many Christians and many Christian churches have just uncritically accepted. And so these are tough times. And that's why we're talking about, and that's why Paul is talking about with Timothy as we studied in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and even in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy about hanging on in the tough times because difficult days are ahead. Make no mistake, we know what the book of Revelation tells us. We'll study that in greater detail later on. But difficult days ahead are ahead. And what is it going to take to hang on in the coming persecution that is inevitable? What is it going to take? What is it going to take for a pastor or a leadership team Or a people to hang in when times get tough. It's going to take spiritual self-discipline. Because, you know, this pandemic isn't the last one. And I was reading in uh, in two or three different, uh, I say newspapers, but it was online. They're already talking about sheltering in place days for the deadly threat of climate change. What would that look like? You couldn't drive a car, let's say, on a Sunday because they don't want to destroy the work week. Think about that. What would that mean? So difficult days are ahead, and there are many Christians who are going to have to choose between serving two masters. There are many churches that are going to have to decide whether or not to stay open or whether to let their people watch Church on TV, which is not the same as coming together to worship in person there is do not confuse the two. I understand that many of you have uh, the, out there virtually have good reasons right now for now not to be here because you have multiple comorbidities but I just want to caution each and every one of us don't look for reasons to stay home and watch on TV. The Bible tells us in hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five Some people jokingly call this the 11th commandment, thou shalt go to church. You know, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good words, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The days are drawing near where we're going to face increasing persecution. The question is how will we live? What does it take to hang in when these tough times come? And the answer is found in Second Timothy 1 through 7 today. That's what we'll look at today, uh, 1 through 7. And, and the theme of, of it is, basically, and the theme of this message is all about spiritual self-discipline, all about spiritual focus, all about spiritual determination. Let me read it for you and you can watch this play out. 2 Timothy 1, You then, my child, he's speaking to him with a term of endearment, be strengthened, there's a command, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who are able to teach others also. Share, another command in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he completes according competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Another command Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So, where's the spiritual self-discipline in this? Well, you're going to find it in the commands there. You're also going to find it in the illustrations that Paul used. That of a faithful teacher who entrusts the message to others. That of a soldier who doesn't get wrapped up in trivial things suffers hardship, that of a, an athlete who forges his body into a competitive shape through, through the rigors of exercise and determination, and that of a hardworking farmer doing the back-breaking work that is necessary to bring forth a crop, of which he experiences and benefits from uh, the, as the one who gets the first share. And so today, we're going to talk about the call to spiritual self-discipline, and, and, the, and, the, and the forms that it takes. And I'm going to give you these forms in advance. I think we're only going to get through two today. So let's sort of walk through those. There is the discipline of staying focused on the grace of God, of not losing perspective, of rehearsing all that God has done in your life since he saved you. Secondly, there is the discipline of togetherness, of passing the baton to, to the right people, of, of serving together, of investing in others who will in turn invest in others still. Thirdly, there is the discipline of remaining focused on the right objective, the, dis- the, the discipline of priority. And fourth and finally, there is the discipline to respond to our circumstances, to respond rather than react to the world around us. Call that the discipline of reflection. And so today, let's start by looking at the first form of spiritual self-discipline, and that is found in 2 Timothy 2.1, and that is the discipline of staying focused on the grace of God. I call it also the discipline of rehearsing all the wonderful things that God has done for you that you don't deserve, starting with your salvation and continuing on through your sanctification as you face trial after trial. Where does Paul bring that up? He brings it up in the first verse of chapter 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus my child is a term of endearment. He knows that Timothy is struggling. We talked about that last week when we set up the whole book study. We talked about how Timothy was timid and that you even, we even read about Paul remembering his tears and he called upon him to remember the faith of his grandmother and his mother, the faith that was in him, he called upon him to kindle afresh the flame that was within him, he calls upon him to remember and to rehearse the things that have been done for him, that, have, that God has done. That led to his salvation. And so he speaks to Timothy. And he says, be strengthened. Because, you know, sometimes don't we feel overwhelmed? Sometimes, whether at work, in life, wherever we are. Sometimes we feel isolated, particularly in times like this. With this whole sheltering in place scenario. Sometimes we feel Hopeless. Because, and we, we feel that way because our, our feelings are subjective and we tend to forget the facts of all that Christ has done for us, beginning with our salvation, all that he promises to do for us in the future and all he is doing for us now. That is the grace we talk about. It can often seem, as Christians, that we are on the wrong side of every cultural debate it can often seem that the pressures and the criticisms and the, and, the, and the heat will never be turned down. I mean, when you look at the educational establishment, when you look at the uh, infection and infestation of bias in the media establishment, when you look at the worldview that the workplace is uh, soaking up, and the bias against our, our worldview in the workplace, sometimes you might feel hopeless. You might feel worn out. And you might say, how am I going to survive, let alone thrive in an environment like this? Well, it all begins with an act of will to remember, to rehearse what you have in Christ, what you are in Christ. What Jesus did for you through your salvation, which you didn't deserve, that's the grace. And and what he's done with you and for you ever since. If you look back sometimes over the shoulder, And look at your life through the lens of hindsight. You see the great things that he has done. And that's the spiritual self-discipline aspect of it. Because if if things ever depend solely on you and me, then you are without hope. Because we don't have the strength to bear up under the pressures that are on us today. If our mission and our ministry depended upon your worthiness and mine, or your ability and mine, our ability, our wisdom alone, then you, there would be reason <laughs> to feel hopeless. Because we know the kind of mistakes we can make. If Timothy or Paul's ministry, for that matter, depended totally upon them, we wouldn't be here today, right? Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. He faced insurmountable odds, and yet here you and I sit, almost 2,000 years later, talking about all that he accomplished, reading one of his letters. He wasn't even like Alexander the Great or Muhammad. He wasn't some military figure. He was a part-time tent maker and full-time apostle. So you look at this passage and you look at this verse and the exhortation to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let me just take that sentence apart for you for a moment. Let's hold up the constituent parts and savor their beauty. Be strengthened. Be strengthened. That's kind of odd. It's a command. It's in the imperative mood. But it's in the passive voice. It's not like, kick the ball. It's different because the subject, not to give you a grammar lesson... The subject is the recipient of an action. Receive strength. Receive strength from the grace of Christ. Be strengthened. It is a command to understand, to remember, and to cling to what is true. That by grace you have been saved, not of works that came through faith, lest anyone should boast. Which means... God will give you the strength, Timothy. Just think about it. Dwell on this. Remember, rehearse the wonderful things that He has done throughout your life when the hand of providence put you with this grandmother and this mother and brought you into contact with me and put you to work in ministry. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Find your strength. Find your encouragement. Find your hope. Take stock in who Jesus is. Remember who you serve. We talked about this last week. And be confident in what he will, can, and shall do. Remember Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, my faith, Timothy's faith, Paul's faith, our faith, and be confident in the one in whom you have trusted. Remember that great passage last week, I know whom I have believed in. And am convinced. That he is able. To keep what he has entrusted. To me until that day. Take stock in the gospel of God. And his salvation. And all the graces that come with it. The so-called little coincidences. That you've seen in your life. Where they're not, maybe not miracles. You know somebody said a coincidence. Is a miracle wherein God chooses to remain Anonymous. Well, the real word for that is providence. Look at your life and the providence of God and how he brought you this far to serve him. Be strengthened by the invisible hand of God that will never let go of you. Be strengthened by the invisible God that will never take his eyes off of you and who does all things well. I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't die for us by accident. He didn't grant you the gifts and abilities to waste them. He's going to use you. He's going to preserve you eternally. One of the things you have to remember is, by the grace of God, none of your suffering in this life, none of it is wasted. And so, be strengthened, my child, by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Remember God's glove. Remember God's grace. Remember His sacrifice as you lay up treasure in heaven, as you count it all joy whenever you encounter various and sundry trials, remember the God whom you serve. Be confident in His promises. Follow in His steps. Guard the treasure that He's entrusted to your care, even if you're all alone. Remember. Be strengthened by what you know is true, not how you feel. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy
0: 2.1. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening.
1: dragon will fall.